one of the things when you start realizing when you work in a hospital, when you're working as a doctor is, and I think it's the same for anyone that has graduated is that this is your life now, mm. right? Like you, this is what you do. Mm. Welcome back to Subcut, the podcast where we get on the skin of in- interesting issues that we think medical people will enjoy. You see what we did there? I think we'll get better at the intro. Subcut. My name's Justin Sung, former doctor. Hi, I'm Neil Kulkani. I'm a fourth year medical, medical student this year, 2020. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> so uh, today there's a few um, few things that uh, I want to talk about. One, one person had the idea of... Um, how I kind of got into this whole non-medical thing. And that's actually something that's really uh, a big topic because when I when I first quit medicine, because I've been working for just under two years, and then when I quit, I was getting messages from people all the time. Yeah. Ph- pharmacists. Like, I was getting messages from people about you. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm not even lying. What were they asking? Like, how, why? Like, how can someone even just do that? Like, six years is a long time as well, understandably. Well, for and, me, it was nine yeah. years. Because yeah, nine years. Because it was seven true. years of... And, like yeah, with yeah, the yeah. one year of research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got a lot of messages from a lot of people, a lot of pharmacists, a lot right. of pharmacists. That just shows that a lot of pharmacists were not satisfied with their jobs, I think. <laughs> anyway, uh, and and most of most people who are, I guess, junior, mm. you know, I, I'm talking sort of second, third year, maybe fourth year medical students, um, people that aren't medical, mm. you know, they'll be like, why, why, you know? Right. But I guess my peer group uh, was older. So they're house officers, mm. they're registrars, mm. they're you know, nurses that have been working for a number of years and stuff, or mm. pharmacists that have been working for a number of years. The messages that they asked me were never why, because mm. uh, they know why. Right. I think every health professional knows why. Yeah. Um, and uh, the question was how? <laughs> Their question was how did mm. I actually quit and do something else and what was the kind of pathway there? And so yeah. I want to outline a little bit about the story of how I actually got into doing all this in the first place. And I think there'll be something that people can learn and take away and mm. maybe even apply themselves. Because I think a lot of people that will be listening, maybe not now, but eventually will have a feeling of like, maybe medicine isn't for me if they're in medicine. If they're not, then maybe it'll give an insight into what they're doing in their own lives. Mm. Uh, I recently talked to a former engineer mm. who doesn't like doing that kind of work anymore and is, is do- doing his own thing. And he actually had very similar kind of experiences with being, I suppose, um, getting into a career and, and realizing that maybe it's not really suited for the personality as much and looking for other things. So mm. um, do, do you know actually this story? Have I told I you before? I actually don't know How I got into well. business, like the very, very beginning. I mean, I think you, I'll let you do the talking and stuff for the most part, but I think I like, what well, lots of tutoring and then you started just... It goes way before that. Way before that. Way before that. Okay, so there's this game called Adventure Quest. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're kidding. Do you know this game? I I think I played it for like like weeks and then I just got over it. There's ads on this game everywhere. And it's actually, it's a really common, it's a browser game. Right. And it's really crappy and they have all these disappointing honestly it's actually like i can't call it crappy because i played it a (laughs) lot i really love this game and i was really young and i played this game religiously i I played it a lot and um while i was playing this game i was like man i really wish i could get like these special weapons or like find like cheats to the game or something so i was looking up cheats to this game on google and i came across this forum and i i must have been how old would i have been at that time probably like 
11, 11 oh, or so? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was in my sixth year of medical school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, so I, I was, yeah, around 11, I think, and I found this forum online, um, and it was basically this forum of, of people that are kind of just talking about how to cheat in different games and... Uh, um, like share it. Like it was one of those like raw indie piracy forums way back in the day before, yeah. you know, people were like torrenting everything. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I got in like really involved in that little tiny community and I spent heaps of time on these forums. Mm -hmm. And in each of these forums, there's actually a graphics area. And anyone that's been on these forums will know that there's always this graphics area because under everyone's post, there's always this thing called a SIG or a signature. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much this little image, mm. like a 300, 350 by 120 pixel image okay. that represents like their little identity. It's right. got their username on it. It's got like a cool and, image. And that's where they put the comments and stuff. And they're like, every time they comment, that icon will come up. Yeah, that it's little thing the, comes like up underneath picture. it. Well, it's not like a profile picture because it's underneath the post. It's like a signature, okay. like okay, an okay. email, right. but it's an image. So everyone on these forums has these things called SIGs. Mm. And there's a high demand with, at least they used to be, I don't know if it's still the case but there's a high demand for people to get six from the people that are in the graphic sections of these forums so it's like mm. a little micro community right. that forms and so i started getting into photoshop through this this forum and i was like 11 years old okay and then that forum got shut down actually or the the admin had some random personal issues and the people that were on that shifted to this other forum which was actually really large it had like a hundred thousand members on it it was really active it was one of the largest kind of kind of underground piracy forums mm, mm. in the day. Mm. And I was the graphics moderator of that. So I would just spend all my time like on Photoshop doing these SIGs for people yeah. and making all this Photoshop stuff. I'm, I'm so intrigued in how this is going to lead to this business. Yeah, thing. well, okay. so, so I, I used to do that and then that forum got shut down and then I moved on to another um, forum, uh, quite a big one called um, Where's BB. And actually I was a graphics moderator on that forum as well so i just spent like my entire childhood and a lot of my teenage years just on these forums spending hours and hours a day just photoshopping things for people and entering like these art competitions right and eventually that led me to get uh commissions for art related things so really? i started designing billboards and yeah. pamphlets and brochures and websites and things and that led me to doing website development work and yeah. website design stuff freelance for a, many years since i was around 13 or 14 mm, mm. onwards mm. and then uh fast forward several years and i'm in uni and i uh there was another tutoring organization that doesn't actually exist anymore but i was actually part of that organization and um i did web one of the things i did was website work oh. for that and at that job i actually learned all my basic business yeah. skills because i was one of the only employees that was there regularly um and so what i was doing all this design work that was actually the thing that got me the job that allowed me to get business acumen. And mm -hmm. that's what taught me most of my foundational business knowledge that was enough for me to start, you know, getting things mm. going. And so it was like this random convoluted series of, of things where like I just started with this game of Adventure Quest and it really quite linearly led me towards this, like all these business opportunities later in life. Yeah. And then while I was in medical school at that time, it's not really the case anymore, which is weird, but mm. at the time I was kind of the only arts person yeah. in medical school. Yeah. So I was designing stuff for a lot of the medical associations and organizations in oh. New Zealand at the time. So conferences run by various organizations. Um, like, yeah, like even now, if certain conferences, there'll be like a, a banner or like a sign. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's like the thing that I designed <coughs> five, six years ago. And um, 
So that got me a lot of my sort of business networks. Mm. And then when, then I started tutoring mm. just to make some money. Mm. And then I, that's a story that you're probably more familiar with. Right. Where I was tutoring a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. and I created justinthetutor.com right. and then I turned it into a, a charity and then, then yeah. that kind of developed and, and rolled out as a social enterprise. And that's like kind of a separate story, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it actually all started with this thing. So moral of the story, I think, for anyone is just, you know, if you're young, and by young, I mean, like, if you're, like, under 30, 35, yeah. just do heaps of stuff that you're really interested in. Yeah. And just, like, get hobbies and just get good at random Try things. Stuff. That you yeah, just do stuff. Yeah. And you never know where it's going to lead you. Like, mm. I, I never would have anticipated that, you know, now over 10 years ago, mm. right, like 12, 13 years ago, that me designing things, mm. making s forum signatures for random people on the internet mm. uh, was going to get me a job when I was 18, yeah. learning business acumen. That became the foundation for me creating a company and being able to do that, I suppose, yeah. in medical school and right. all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that's kind, of the, that's kind of the story of how I actually got into business. Yeah, well, that's so, so that's how you like got into it. But at the same time, you were doing what, med school and well you graduated and you were a doctor and you're still running the company itself like and I, i'm still curious as to why and you could probably add that as well in your explanation but like i'm like what what where, where was the tipping point as to you like coming to the decision to to stop your medical practice and go straight for this for yeah the company? well that's the thing right is that what I mean, at what point did those reasons like Turn the tables, yeah. you know what I mean? Th there's a very clear series of events for that as right, well. Right, right. Right, so, you know, have you read House of God? Mm. You haven't. You're recommending it to me. I've be, I recommend it to everyone. Yeah. House of God, I think, is a the quintessential kind of medical book yeah. that kind of exists. I think everyone should sort of read it. And um, one of the things when you start realizing when you work in a hospital, when you're working as a doctor is, and I think it's the same for anyone that has graduated, is that this is your life now. Mm. right like you, this is what you do mm. and uh, most people go into medicine without any idea about what they're getting themselves into myself included yeah like you and know, yourself included and myself included <laughs> yeah. yeah you know like it's just crazy right like you you start from high school yeah you have this vague idea about what being a doctor is which is really based on very little reality like I most of it, people yeah most of it is based on rumors you hear about the career right yeah. so it's kind of like you're willing to spend like the, your, your life like mm. the only life that you've got you're willing to spend that life and all that money and time and effort and sacrifice and all of that sort of stuff for a rumor that you've heard mm. about this career. And like people will commit to that without even going so far as to actually, like some people won't even Google what it's like to be a doctor, mm. you know? Like this is sort of, you would assume would be basic sort of stuff if they were making an informed decision. But I guess the idea is that there's so much emphasis on committing to a decision. Right. And, and as opposed and to making a good one pressure as well. Yeah. That people just skip those steps. Yeah. I, I would make sure that my kid does not decide on a career until after high school, like take a gap year. Yeah. Don't even go to uni. Like my kid's going to have to convince me that he wants to go to uni for a specific reason. Right. Otherwise I'm just like, no. don't waste <laughs> yeah, your time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't be like everyone else. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people will go into medicine with that kind of mindset and mentality where they don't know what they're getting themselves into. Mm. And then it's just short term goal after short term goal. Right. Mm. It's just, okay, well, I need to get into medical school. Mm. Just need to study, 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 study. Then they yeah. get into medical school and it's like, I've got exam, module, mm. exam, whatever it is. And mm. you just go exam after exam and you just continue doing that. And then it's, you're, you're a clinical student, you're in the hospital, you just keep doing that again and again. And so you get to this point where you have reached so many short-term goals that you've actually somehow managed your way through medical school. 
Right. And then you graduate. And then you have the opportunity to pursue more short-term goals, mm. studying, training, learning the job, et cetera, applying for a training program, blah, 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 all that, all that sort of stuff. But now there's a difference. Mm. The difference is now that there's a price tag associated with your time because you're getting paid. Yeah. And so when you get paid, you start thinking, how much is this time worth for me? Mm. And so the thing is that the hospitals are managed horribly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, people listening to this, if, you know, they're not working in the healthcare sector, I'm never really going to understand or be able to fathom how mm. bad it is. Now, I have friends that work in a lot of different industries, mm-hmm. right? Like business, finance, marketing, like working in multiple different countries and mm. multiple different sectors. Mm. None of it is as bad as healthcare. <laughs> I can promise yeah. you there is no industry I've ever even heard of that is managed as poorly as healthcare is, right? The disconnect between managerial staff versus the clinical workers is just like colossal. It's so mm. phenomenal that it's almost like it should have its own syndrome associated with it. It's just, yeah. it's a mess. It's a total mess. And mm-hmm. I, I hated working in it. But the, uh, as one of the results of kind of poor management and organizational things is that they, they're always lacking staff in areas, in certain areas. And actually it's not really a shortage of doctors. It's a shortage of like organizational skill because there are doctors that can do it. Mm. It's just that they weren't organized. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of reasons behind that as well, which we're not going to go into. Sure. But at the end of pretty much every single day when you finish your shift, you will mm. get this message. Mm-hmm. And that message will say, do you want to pick up this additional shift You know, at the end of your day? And you'll get paid you know, a, an additional rate. And that additional rate is usually a little bit more than you'd get paid normally. Mm. So when you work out hourly wage for doctors um, before tax, right. uh, just for rostered hours, it's like somewhere along the lines of like 30s to 40s mm. an hour. Wow. But then when you work out actual hours worked, because they, they do, yeah. Yeah, because rostered hours is never going to be the same as actual hours worked. Like mm. it's never, because the roster is made to be the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's even shorter than the minimum. Like mm. for example, your whole team will start at 7 a.m., mm. but your roster doesn't start till 8 a.m. Right. Like it's not possible to get there at 8 a.m. Like you'd miss a significant important part of the day mm-hmm. and your team would hate you. Mm. It would just be unacceptable. Mm. Like, But there's no way you would get there at... 8 a.m. Yeah. So you, it just means that every single day you work an additional hour yeah. at the beginning that's not rostered. Mm-hmm. And the same at the end of the day yeah. for things you as well. You can't just like leave your patient there. See, I got to go. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Or, and yeah. Well, even that, like, for example, your roster might end at 4.30. Right. The handover for the evening staff right. begins at 4.30. Like, yeah. it's not possible to end at the same time as the meeting begins unless your entire patient handover to the evening staff is like less than one second. And you don't get paid for that 7 to 8 a.m. session or that 4.30 Yeah, you don't get, so that's not included in your in your pay. So when you work out actual hours worked and pay, your um, pay per hour ends up being around the 20s. It's more around right, the 20s. Right. And if you're in a really busy run where you're really stretched, mm. then it will end up being even lower than that. Yeah, so yeah. when you work out after tax, cash in hand, mm. When you're busy, it ends up being sort of like eleven to fifteen dollars an hour that you're making cash in hand. And this is yeah, yeah, this right? is so surprising as well because everyone keeps on saying doctors are oh, very good pay, very good pay. Yeah, I'm sure you might get to that it's, stage. It's it's good compared to a lot of jobs and there's sure. security and there's stability. So, but it's just it's not really like I mean, if you go into the medicine for money, mm. it just means that either you are incredibly disillusioned about what medicine pays, yeah. or your standard of good money is very low. Mm. Like if you really want to make a lot of money, mm. you don't do ben- medicine. No. Uh, you can potentially be making a lot if you do like pure private practice surgery and stuff sure. f- 
15, you still have to 15 20 these. years after you graduate right, we're talking right. about but actually it's not re- it's not a really relevant concern mm. and you can't have a 15 years of a crap life mm. just so that you can be making big bucks at the end of it right. by working in private practice right. like it doesn't it's just is that is that, really is that uh, is that um poor hourly rate is that only for your pgy one to three years or something like that or it's it no it's pretty poor hourly rate for like most of your registrar years as well yeah so most of your training until at least you become a consultant mm. and then you get paid a wage that is kind of like reasonable that you mm. would expect minimum to be paid at mm. that school level um but it, i mean if you compare it to like a standard corporate job doing anything it's mm. scale is basically the mm. same so it's um you get shafted in a lot of ways and mm. and one of these particular ways that you get shafted is that at the end of your shift you will get this text saying can you pick up this other shift mm. so for example the evening staff isn't available and you'll get this uh, message and so instead of getting paid i don't know 11 to 15 dollars cash in hand now you get to take home 25 dollars cash in hand mm. per hour so you can do an additional five or six hours of work at the end of the day which means that you're going to go home at around 10 or 11 p.m right mm. you're going to go to sleep at around 11 to 12 um and then you have to wake up the next morning you have to at be in the hospital at seven. at seven or seven thirty or whenever, whenever yeah. you're starting you have to be in hospital so mm. you're not getting much sleep you're gonna be you're gonna be tired and the other thing is you've probably got a long day that week as well or right. you've already done one so yeah. you, you've got another 10 p.m you know 16 hour 17 hour shift either coming up or mm. when you've already finished mm. so what that means is that you're really ruining your whole week because mm. you're gonna be so damn tired uh you might even be working the weekend mm. or whatever the situation is but shifts uh, might be coming through yeah so and in that weekend you're not going to get enough rest because you're just so tired as well so what ends up happening is that you um do this you, you could pick up the shift and ruin that day and the week and cancel your evening plans or whatever it is and then you can you get to take home an additional i don't know two three hundred dollars mm. right for doing that and so a lot of people, especially if you're in high school, you know, you might be thinking, oh my God, two, three hundred dollars for an additional day's worth of work. Well, you know, trust me, it's not really worth it when like your quality of life is actually being impacted. And when you make enough money to actually get by and pay your bills and all of that sort of stuff, the value that that money provides you mm. is not really worth the rest and recuperation mm. and relaxation and time that you spend with friends and family, which is just incredibly rare mm. sometimes, mm. you know, it's just not worth giving it up. Mm. So you have to actually ask yourself a different question, which is, uh, what is my time actually worth? And so when you ask yourself the question of what is my time actually worth, you mm. start comparing it to what would I rather be doing? Yeah. And this is what I was doing. So I'd get this text and I'd think, am I going to pick up the shift? And I'd look around at my peers and they're like, no, no one's going to pick this. I'm going home. Screw that. Most people don't pick it up. Mm. And you think, well, would I rather be doing this or would I rather be at home relaxing or working on the company, which is what I normally sure, would do when sure, I got sure. home? Yeah. The answer is I would rather be doing something else. Yeah. And so then it gets to the point where it's like, well, I'm getting paid more than I'm normally getting paid. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that it's not really worth my time to be doing it. Like the right. work that I'm doing. Yeah. And personally, I actually found on-call work after hours much more enjoyable than daytime work because you're more independent and you get to think about things more. There's less supervision, but at the same time you get more freedom mm-hmm. and you, you get to be more of a doctor sure. because you're diagnosing and And that was a, that was at what stage? House officer years or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, straight, straight away. Straight away. Straight right. away, yeah. I mean, I, I worked a 12-day stretch, um, 100-something hour over um, like 140 hours over, over two weeks, my first two weeks of working. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, 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 you get experience with this straight away mm. and 
uh, I really enjoyed my encore shifts. But even the shifts that I enjoyed, I was saying that I it wasn't really worth yeah. it. Like I, I didn't really want to do it. Mm. And then uh, the day shifts, which I enjoy even less. Why am I even doing that then? Mm. Like I'm saying that the work is not even enough to be paid more for. Mm. Yet I'm deciding to do it because of what? Like I'd rather be doing something else. You know, mm. if someone were to give me the question, and this is something I ask students all the time is like, if there's something you enjoy, don't think of it in terms of relative to something you don't enjoy. Think mm. of it in terms of things you actually enjoy. Right. Like, would you rather be doing this or hanging out with your friends? Mm. You know, I would mm. rather be, you know, if, if my friends ask me to come out, mm. sometimes I'm, I'd rather just be working on the company. I'd rather be building stuff. I'd rather be doing entrepreneurial stuff. I'd rather be teaching like this. Sure. I'd rather be coaching. Like there's certain things that I'd rather do sometimes. Mm there's very rarely a time where I'd rather go to work and, and do the doctoring work personally. Mm, and this yeah, is not obviously yeah. universal, right? Just for me, mm, I would yeah. have rather have not gone to work. Right. If I, if, if, you know, if there was some crazy snowstorm and I got a message saying, you don't have to come into work. That's good news for me. Yeah. I would interpret that as good. It's like not yeah. going to school. Yeah. Right. So I didn't really enjoy that. So the prospect of spending my literal only life spending mm. to toiling away at that mm. just became a little bit outrageous. Mm. And I'm sort of a, funnily enough, I'm not a very risk takey person for a lot of things, mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting, I know, because of like what I do entrepreneurially. But actually for me, it's because I thought my primary outcome is happiness and satisfaction in my life. Like if mm. I have a fulfilling and happy life that's financially viable, that's a win. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a riskier move for me to stay in medicine because I thought it was a higher risk for me to find fulfillment and happiness in medicine. And so- It's it a higher risk. Oh, it was high risk. It was high risk. Right. So it's, you know, the idea was if I can maintain financial stability, mm. if the finances aren't that big of a deal and when you start working as a doctor, you really quickly realize the money is not, money is limited value. Mm -hmm. When you've got enough money, mm. it doesn't create more happiness. When you don't have enough money, it becomes a barrier. But right. You know, when there's a minimum amount of money there, mm. more money doesn't really add to more happiness. And so right. it didn't really matter for me at a certain stage, as long as I was able to kind of financially be viable for my own life. Yeah. It was more important that I was getting a fulfilling mm. career. Mm. And so the work that I was doing, which wasn't fulfilling for me at the time, it was a high risk move for me to stay in that career. Mm. I might as well move to something that's financially higher risk. Mm but actually ultimately lower risk for me and what's important in my life, which is sure. to be happy. Yeah. Because I'm, I had enough confidence that I could create financial stability out of it, at least in some form. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that series of kind of getting that text every shift and questioning why I'm actually coming back the next day for this work that I don't, I'd rather like not be there mm. doing it. Well, there'll be times where I'd enjoy it, you know, like, you know, maybe if I'm at work for nine hours, then of those nine hours, maybe four or five of them are enjoyable, mm. which is pretty good. Um, but then there'll be times where like the whole day is just not enjoyable. There's one hour a day that's enjoyable. Or the only parts of the day that are enjoyable is when I'm actually working with my team or with my friends. And that's kind of a social aspect that I could get really at any other job. Yeah. And it wasn't like, 
coffee time after a ward round. Yeah. It's like the highlight of the day. You know, it just says something about the <laughs> yeah, yeah, job yeah. when you're like yeah. really, really reluctant to go to your clinic or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And especially when your management team is like completely non-appreciative to the absolute human maximum potential. <laughs> and also like shafting you at every possible corner, you find shafts that you didn't even know existed where yeah. you're getting shafted. <laughs> you know, like it's just so many possible ways that of dissatisfaction just mm. being bred into it. Mm. You really have to kind of find your own satisfaction in it. And I looked for it and I just couldn't find it. And at the same time, I had a company that I could transition into that I did find satisfaction That's in. A, yeah. So it became kind of an easy move for me. Mm. But a lot of people ask me how I was able to transition yeah. into it. And yeah. that really in itself is a, a, a whole um, other story of how sure. you can actually- Get the balls. Not, no, well. not get the balls. Because again, it's just a priority, right? It's just risk, yeah, yeah, the risk okay. of happiness versus risk of income, which yeah. is more important. So- mm. I said I say get the balls because I feel like and this is for people that are in med school right now some of my own friends and stuff are deferring the year or they're pursuing their own sort of other passions and stuff but like there's such a huge stigma understandably as well that once you're in because you try so hard to get in as well mm. that once you're in you're in the system until the very end until you graduate until you like go into your training program until you become a consultant for the rest of your life yeah but the stigma and is created by the people anyway yeah but like like it's the stigma isn't created within the medical field as much as it is from the rest of society. Yeah, you're, yeah, you know, right, yeah, they're afraid yeah. of their parents. They're afraid of their non-medical yeah, friends. Yeah. You know, oh, you're not a doctor anymore. Oh, what yeah. Happened? Why like, would you do that? Would, yeah, and it's just like, oh, you were never a doctor, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> so it's yeah. like, screw your opinion. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, you know, you wouldn't really hear that from. You know, you could get curiosity. Mm. You wouldn't get stigma out of any other job. If if you heard that your friend was working at a bank and they decided to go into like something else instead yeah. like real estate. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, whoa, you quit being a, you quit working at Banker? a bank, like in the head, like what's wrong with you? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. you wouldn't get that for any other career, but it's just because there's a saint phenomenon of yeah. medicine, right? You have to be the perfect person to do medicine. And it's just a really toxic culture. It's actually the same with social Overrated, enterprise. man. It's so overrated, yeah. yeah. Like if, if it's the same with, you know, owning a charity and things is that mm. people think that you need to be the perfect person that has no self-interest at all. It's like, I don't want to be, personally saint-like it doesn't I mean have no interest in being a saint you know like yeah. i i, I want to just do what makes me happy and mm. also what brings me a lot of fulfillment is helping people sure so it's just you know it's a complete that should be enough yeah it should, should be, be and enough. like i'm not gonna go to a, a point where like like for example if a student really needs help mm. and we can't afford to give them a scholarship right i'm not gonna take that money out of my pay mm. when i'm already barely scraping through right. to give them yeah. that scholarship you know yeah. like i'm gonna look after myself first mm. and keep myself good so that i can do what i, I want to do which just happens to be helping people which is society acceptable so um the i think the, the stigma and i really encourage anyone that wants to take a year off or defer mm. to just do it i yeah. highly strongly absolutely encourage it. if anyone's listening to this and are on the fence about taking a year off mm. and the thing that you're worried about is what will my parents say what will my friends say mm. right just screw them mm. And just do it. Mm. It's just there's no black and white. And I think like that the screw them part requires its own sort of session of podcast as well. Um, but like, I mean, we can go to the whole sort of like, ah, oh, it's your life, do what you want. You know, and like parents are old school and everything like that, and they don't understand, they don't get it. They're on the system, not not in society right now. Uh, at least in the one that you're part of, really that you're driven. But it's to. more but than like, that. It's yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, there's so it's, much to. Yeah, to it's not just. It. It's not just that they're not in this system or that yeah. they don't get it that's not really 
That, that's true. Mm. That's true. Is uh, that it's a different generation, it's a different era, and yeah. things like that as well. Yeah. But it's that it doesn't matter. Mm. It's that even if they knew, it doesn't matter. Even mm. if they knew what was up, it wouldn't matter. You can be open minded and accept their opinion and mm. see and help that make an informed decision. But if you think that there's a certain decision that's best for your life, mm. and you've open mindedly considered it, and you've got good critical thinking, and you've balanced it, and you think this is what I need to do, mm. you know yourself and your situation, mm. right? And most of the time. Parents and family have a very, very limited scope of the situation, mm. especially when it comes to medicine, mm. right? Parents of doctors know, even them, they know very little about what medicine is really like, mm. right? They just don't know. They don't know what it's like. Just mm. like how they could have worked, you know, whatever job, you know, they could have been uh, a cleaner or they could have worked at a store or whatever, there are nuances to the job that other people just don't know about it. And mm. medicine more so. There's just so much mystery and mystique around it and so mm. much romanticization mm. and bias mm. about it. If you know what it's like and you know what your situation is and you know how you feel about it, unless someone else has 100% understanding mm. and is giving you advice from that point of view, mm. at the end of the day, their decision and their opinion is is ultimately inconsequential. Mm. And this is this is something that I really want students to understand is that if you get into medicine because you want to make your parents happy, 30, fast forward 30 to 40 years, your parents are now dead and you have to live in this career. You mm. spent your whole life making them happy. Mm. By the way, they probably weren't even made happy because if they're the type of parents that have to be happy because you got into medicine, then they're just going to find another thing to bitch about, mm. that you're not the surgeon, you're not the best surgeon, you're mm. not working at the best hospital, mm. you're not the head of department, you're not a professor, your research wasn't better than someone else's, right? There's, they're always going to find something that they're not proud of you for. If you're just constantly living to have that expectation, you're going to have a crappy life. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be suffering under the expectations and pressures of other people mm. just because you weren't able to, for a brief period of time, or maybe even a few years, take that discomfort that comes with them not really understanding the your life decision. Yeah. And you know what? They're a goddamn adult. They will deal with it. They can get over it. Mm. Oh my God, instead of my son or daughter not becoming a doctor, they decided to do some other like job that's also making them happy that's financially viable as well omg like time to suicide my whole ancestral tree you know it's like they're so so, so dramatic about that they'll get used to it they can deal with it they're a damn adult like they can that's their problem at that stage it's not your yeah. problem you don't have to take the responsibility of your whole descendants mm. you know and to be a doctor mm. if you don't want to do it mm. if you do something that's makes you happy that's financially viable that's stable and secure mm. and fits what you need in your life mm. You, you win. And when you win, your parents will see that and they're happy for that and they'll, mm. they'll understand it eventually yeah. and they'll win. And there's a whole process to, for them to get to that stage, which, which the kid can be part of as well, yeah. which, the, which the child of the parent that's feeling these way can be part of as well. And it's like, it's starting that process of change and the adjustment period and like going through slight discomforts bit by bit and these slight conversations where, you know, they might not be um, all for like... I don't know, it's topical right now, abortion or mm -hmm. like they might not feel really, really comfortable with the idea of homosexualism and stuff like that in that way. But like this is from their background, um, like ethnic background in that way. And I'm speaking from the other two T's and stuff and other ones that I've got. But um, it's like you talk to them and you explain the way society is now and the place that you've grown up and everything like that. And bit by bit, they do understand. They're not completely like Eventually. horrible people. Eventually, it takes yeah. time, but yeah. Like and, you said, and, it's and a little bit of discomfort for a lifetime's worth of avoiding resentment. Exactly, yeah, avoiding resentment. Because it's inevitable that if you live your life based on their expectations mm. and you feel crap about it, mm. you're going to start resenting them. Like, mm. uh, it's 
with, if you're kind of in your 20, you know, early 20s, right? That's that transition period yeah. where there's that big conflict betwe between independence and parental influence, yeah. especially yeah. if you're Asian. Mm. Yeah. And you have to recognize that actually you need to be making decisions mm. that may, you know, will create conflict mm. and discomfort mm. that they may not approve of. Mm. But you legitimately think that this is, you know, not impulsively, mm -hmm. but rationally sure. and, and, you know, genuinely a yeah. good decision and direction for your life right. that you think is well thought through and maybe you'll make mistakes, but that it's your mistake to make. Exactly. And you suffer the consequences and of you, your own and decision. And you take ownership of it. Right. If you're mature enough to do that and then you do, you, you have a decision that's going to create conflict, mm. you need to create conflict. Not only should you not avoid it, mm. you should be making that conflict mm. because, you know, this is the thing is that parents will always see the, you know, a, a little baby, mm. right? And when it's they're always, in that yeah. teenage kind of 20s phase, mm. it's transitioning into you are developing your own sense of identity. Mm. And the way that you behave is going to set a precedent mm. for the adult relationship that will form. Yeah. Which is why there are a lot of 40 and 50-year-old parents mm. of children who with their own parents, they have a horrible relationship with because they've just figured out exactly the type of barrier to put in place to avoid having types of conversations mm. that they don't know how to handle because they were too afraid to have that discomfort or mm. that discomfort wasn't overcome. Now, not every parent is going to be understanding, obviously. Not every parent is going to be able to deal with it or understand it. But mm. at the end of the day, there is a certain priority. Mm. And at least in one situation, there is the potential for a good relationship, for mutual understanding and respect and independence and freedom and mm. all of that sort of stuff. And mm. still love and care and the family sure. relationship. Yeah. At least there's a potential for that in one situation, mm. whereas the other situation is like inevitable resentment, right? And and that gap disconnect, yeah, being there. Thanks for tuning in to Subcut. If you guys have any suggestions for content, please make sure you send it through. You can get in touch and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or find us on our website at jttmed.com/subcut. Subcut is a podcast brought to you by JTT. If you or anyone you know is interested in a career in medicine, make sure to get in touch and check us out at jttmed.com.